Welcome to the Pixel People podcast, where we go beyond the quest lines to discover the backstories and motivations of our favorite video game NPCs to better understand them and ourselves. I'm Amelia, also known as Firewriter, and each episode I'm chatting with a special guest about a character they find particularly interesting. Since we're taking a close look at how these characters impact the story, please be aware that spoilers are likely. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to Pixel People. I'm Amelia, aka Fire Rider, and my guest today can be found streaming on Twitch, and he's also the voice of the characters of Bass, Dr. Alexander, and Dr. Ross on the YouTube series No Evil. He also just happens to be my little brother, Alan. Mm. Welcome to Pixel People. <laughs> Howdy. Howdy do. It's good to be here. Yes. So we've been we've been talking video games since we were, well, you weren't Me. around yet when I was in diapers, but uh, yeah. since you were in diapers, <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're talking about though a game that first came out when you probably were still in diapers. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, no, not that one okay. so much. <laughs> uh, this particular one, I think you know, came out around like 84, probably 86. Uh, so, you know, I had been like a kid. Yeah, you had been like you know. seven, eight. Yeah, so still something like diapers. that. Right? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> childhood was rough. <laughs> so Rough on all of us. I was yes. a late bloomer. Get off my back. No? <laughs> <laughs> so what game are we talking about here uh we're gonna be talking about good old classic castlevania, castlevania. the nes series that is went from that simple platform to many many different uh consoles and variations and still exists to this day uh kind of kind of it's <laughs> interesting we'll dig into kind of um, so I haven't played Castlevania since apparently nineteen. What do we decide? Eighty six. <laughs> so like eighty six. Yeah, been a while. What? Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely say that you missed out there. Um, have you checked out the animated series at I all? I have not. I do remember you told me that it was really amazing. I remember you getting a, getting a hold of me because you were so worried that they were going to screw it up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, stated before, y you missed out there. You yep. definitely get on that. It, it is an amazing series. They do a good job. They don't screw it up. Thank goodness. That's, <laughs> I mean, it's, like, actually... it's the biggest fear when, you know, you're super into a media and it goes to a different form of media. What the hell are they going to do with it? Oh, absolutely. Because everybody <laughs> likes to take their liberties, you know, when they get their hands on a project. And that's fine. That's. Yeah. That's how the creative process works, especially when uh, it exists as long as it has. Mm -hmm. and this, this is a series that uh, comes from uh, the tale of Dracula itself, mm -hmm. which means it's already changed hands from Bram Stoker to, to everything else, you know? Um, yeah, so you picked... So when I asked you about characters from the series, you went a completely different direction than most people generally go. Um Number one, you picked two. And number two, you didn't pick human, animal, 
alien, etc. What did you pick? No. Well, I, I picked two of the main characters in my eyes of the series that pretty much exists in almost every version of the game, save for like a couple here and there. And if one's absent, the other's still present. Um, and of course, you could think of these two as, you know, your main protagonist and antagonist, the representatives of both the battle of good and evil. And you're probably guessing that I'm going to say Dracula or the Belmonts. But in fact, I'm going to talk about the actual castle and the whip. <laughs> so the castle where Dracula lives, right? Mm -hmm. And the whip, which your protagonist, who is yes. perhaps most likely a Belmont, but most not necessarily. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> Okay, so, so we got yeah, ourselves. So yeah. Oh yeah, go, go for it, go for it. <laughs> yeah, but so we got ourselves uh, the castle and the whip. We got these two sides of the coin. It is not necessarily where Dracula lives or so much, but like the setting of every game uh, to a point where it's kind of like you know with Rapture and Bioshock. It's mm -hmm. you can't have the game. The game wouldn't exist without the actual main setting it is what it is they even mentioned that in bioshock uh, the third one infinite where instead of a city in the sea it's a city in the clouds but they say you know there's always a man there's always a girl there's always a lighthouse mm. and this is kind of the same case with castlevania where there's always the castle there's always a whip and everything in between is just that so uh we'll come out the gates and, uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, where the two come from originally, historically. As far as the the castle goes, um, there's a couple variations that they discuss in the, in the different games. The first one that really starts playing out the origins of the series is Lament of Innocence. Mm. Uh, I believe that's like an early 2000 title on the PlayStation 2. Um which covers the first Belmont, who is uh, Leon Belmont. Mm. And uh, what's not even Dracula, the vampire in this game is re uh, Walter Bernard, <laughs> who is just, uh, just some kind of a sadistic yeah. fuck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So this game takes place in like 1094. This is how, how far back it goes. Wow. Uh, your major players are uh, Leon Belmont, uh, his good friend Matthias Conquist, and uh, Leon's wife, Sarah, and um, the vampire, as mentioned, Walter Bernard. Okay. Uh, Matthias's wife, Elisabetha, and Ronaldo Gandolfi. So this is like the full cast of characters here. Yeah, this is, these are all the main players that are like super important in this aspect of what happens here okay. and this will take a second to get through yeah go for it um so as the origin story we're seeing pretty much uh begins with the crusades and both leon and matthias are involved in that matthias is a brilliant alchemist and leon is like like a commander of like one of the armies uh matthias earns the title of count and leon earns the title of baron for their efforts however during this uh time uh elizabeth uh, matthias's wife 
uh, becomes ill and dies. And this, of course, takes a terrible toll on Matthias as well. And he also soon uh, uh, becomes very sick, bedridden, refuses to get up or anything like that. Mm. Uh, Leon is, of course, out, off in the Crusades. And at one point he receives a telegram from Matthias. And Matthias is like, hey, your wife was kidnapped by a vampire. <laughs> And dragged off to this place called to this forest called Eternal Night, and Leon's like, well, you know, he tries to appeal to the church. He's like, I need to leave the Crusades and go deal with this. In fact, we should be dealing with this instead of fighting the Crusades because these are actual monsters. I don't know what we're doing over here. And the church is the church, so they're like, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Leon just abandons it. And uh, this is actually something that is mentioned in the uh, the animated series where they uh, bring up the fact that the Belmonts are excommunicated by the church. Um, okay. Leon doesn't care. He falls for the whole trap. He goes running into the Forest of Eternal Night, thus named because the vampire Walter, who is also an alchemist, has this important item called the Ebony Stone, which keeps the forest shrouded in perpetual night. Which is, you know, pretty good for a vampire to have. <laughs> um, yes, I can see where that would be yeah. advantageous. <laughs> so Leon uh, goes into the castle, and, and Walter's just, as I said, just a complete prick. And um, he pretty much plays this cat and mouse game with Leon, where he's like, oh, go do, yeah. And it's a standard video game at that point. Go defeat all of these bosses and gain these things to bring back and when you got them all then you can face the final guy which leon does all the mm -hmm. while he's being aided by this other old man named ronaldo gandalfi who is existing in this hut just outside of the castle still within the forest once leon went into the forest he realizes too he cannot leave there's another seal around that mm. and he's stuck in there um and for most of the monsters regular swords and stuff are not cutting it but Ronaldo is also an alchemist, and we're going to find out more and more that, you know, alchemy plays like a large part in this. Um, but he gives Leon this whip that is infused with alchemy, and it pretty much has a really good effect on most of the monsters within the castle. Uh, Leon continues to move through. Uh, he finally gets to Walter, and Walter, you know, is just like, oh, you want your girl back? Cool, yeah. You can have her back, and he's totally bitten her. She's turning into a vampire. Yep, <laughs> it's one of those stories. Oops. So he leaves the castle <laughs> with uh, Sarah while he can, takes her to Ronaldo, and he's hoping that you know he's going to have some sort of answer. And Ronaldo's like, well, I can't cure this, but here's what we can do. We can use her vampiric soul to infuse into the whip with alchemy and make something that can actually destroy Walter and bring an end to this. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Leon's like, I'm not doing that. That's that's messed up. We're not going this route. And Sarah's like, I, you know, I have a say in this too. It's my freaking soul. <laughs> and I don't want to turn into this monster if there's something I can do to fix this situation. So help me honor my damn wishes. And reluctantly, yeah. Leon... Uh, agrees to, and they perform the ceremony, 
and this vanquishes uh, Sarah, of course, mm-hmm. but the whip, the vampire killer, is made. Okay. Leon returns to the castle and uh, whoops the shit out of Walter <laughs> Bernard's stupid, smug, ugly face. <laughs> And even though he's like, well, you know what? I can still escape this and we'll carry this on another day. And before he can really do that, Death shows up, of all things. And Death's like, eh, no, you won't. You know, I've been kind of hungry for your soul for a while. And I made a deal with this guy over here that's going to, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to take advantage of that. And this guy that he's referring to is none other than Leon's best friend, Matthias Conquest. Mm who has been using alchemy, who obtained something called the Crimson Stone, which is more or less the Philosopher's Stone, or whatever mm. you want to call it. And mm-hmm. um, basically, through almost the same methods with the power of death, they he absorbs uh, the soul of Walter into this, and through alchemy, makes himself a vampire in the classic, I'm throwing this in God's face for taking away my Elizabetha. And thus, um, that is the beginning of Dracula. Uh, wow. He escapes and leaves Leon to fight death on his own, which he manages to totally do. <laughs> and at that point, he damns death and he damns Dracula that no matter what, the Belmonts will forever haunt, hunt the creatures of the night wow. and those like him. And at that point, uh, the Belmonts start establishing this this clan that just goes out and fights evil. And somewhere within 400 years, Matthias changes his name to uh, Vlad Tepish, mm-hmm. Dracula. And uh, history is made. And wow. he will not show up again until um, Castlevania 3, which as you can probably guess, this is not in kind of a, like a pro chronological order yeah i was i was thinking so you, it like the games aren't in chronological order but the yeah. story that you're telling is yeah. yes yes yeah. so like yeah. we're we're like we're literally jumping from a playstation 2 game yeah. to an nes game yeah. <laughs> we're going from 32 bits no, I playstation 2 was that 30 that, that was more i think that was like 100 i don't even know had to have been over 100 <laughs> The console wars were such a long time ago, I, yes. I just don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, 400 years changes. Um, during this time, uh, as stated, Dracula is now in charge. He is in his castle, and uh, we can almost kind of assume that... Actually, let me, let me, let me go back just a little bit. Sure. Getting lost Can't in my yourself. notes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot happening here. Yeah, I'm just... That was just, like, the first game. Right. Now, the thing here is, like, the castle history up until this point is fragmented at best. Mm-hmm. Um, in Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Alucard refers to the castle as a creature of chaos mm, and yeah. states that it can take on other shapes and forms. Okay. Um to this end, there was also some lore in 
Castlevania Lords of Shadow, which is a 360 game that covers mm. a little bit more of Walter Bernard. Wow. Okay. However, the problem here is that Castlevania Lords of Shadow is not technically canon mm. per se as uh, in the Castlevania timeline. Mm. Uh, for the rest of these games, uh, it's kind of a reimagining. It was almost a reboot of the series. Hmm, okay. In fact, it was a reboot of the series. And in my eyes, it was actually a really good reboot of the series. I kind of liked the direction they were taking. Uh, in this game, you're playing once again as what's perceived as the first Belmont, mm-hmm. uh, who's named Gabriel Belmont. And there's a lot of nods and winks to other roles in the series. They mention that the weapon that he's using, this thing called the combat cross, which acts a lot like a whip, mm. uh, uh, was invented by somebody named Ronaldo Gandolfi. Click. <laughs> 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 uh, one, of, but uh, the ultimate. Uh, aspect of this game is that you, you go through as this character thinking that you're going to be able to resurrect your dead wife mm-hmm. and kind of find out you're all being played by these uh, entities called the Lords of Shadow whom you defeat and that seems like the end of the game and then it cuts to this outrageous series uh, this outrageous ending sometime in like the far future where you see Gabriel sitting on the throne but he's not Gabriel anymore. He's friggin' Dracula. <laughs> and Death shows up and he's like, what are you doing here? You should be out doing the world. And they have a fight and, you know, he goes crashing <laughs> through the window and you realize even though it's in the castle, he's like in this city uh, in modern times. It was it's such a beautiful twist that I loved it so much. Um, and then the download con- uh, content happened. And it kind of shows that path that Gabriel takes uh-huh. um, as he transcends from being a Belmont to Dracula. And you find out it has to do with um, this incredible evil that was locked away in the castle some time ago. Uh, this is stated to Belmont uh, by uh, a young girl that is also a vampire within the castle. The lord that was in there at the time took the castle from the Bernard family. Uh, The Bernard family, it is stated through various scrolls that you find, was into the occult. Mm -hmm. The head of the family was one Walter Bernard. And they also mentioned that he had summoned something truly terrible in the castle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And all they could do was, like, that was actually one of the reasons... uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, there's <laughs> there's so much lore here. And I'm trying to like not go straight into all of Lords of Shadow, but yeah. try to explain what's going on. Yeah. Anyway, the Denzians that were there, as evil as they were, they were also keeping this horribly evil at bay. Uh, in order for um, Gabriel to destroy this thing, or like once again punish, you know, Keep send it back to where it came, or mm-hmm. keep it shackled so it can't destroy the world. Mm-hmm. Is up to him, but he can't do it as just a normal uh, human mortal. And that's when the young girl says, "You know, you have to, you have to drink my blood and become a vampire, and then you can go to the other side and try to stop this thing before it reaches our world. Because if it does, it's all over." Mm. Um, he does this. Uh, he 
completely drains the girl, killing her in the process, um, and pretty much becomes the evil vampire that we know him as, but he also goes straight into that place and fights this entity that is called the Forgotten One. The Forgotten One is this very powerful looking, I guess it's a demon, it's not established if it's an actual demon from hell or if it's something much older that existed before that. It doesn't really mm. necessarily matter. <laughs> um, but with your new vampiric powers, you whoop on him so hard, you break your whip and you go in there and you make sure that he does not come back. <laughs> and uh, that seems like the end of that story, of course. And we're definitely <laughs> leaving the rest of Lords of Shadow at that point. Because whatever they did to make such a wonderful reboot of the series, they promptly flushed down the toilet <laughs> with a couple of Game Boy titles. And uh, the, the direct sequel, <laughs> Lords of Shadow 2, which was just terrible. Just terrible. <laughs> Like I don't like I don't. If you want to say that the original Dracula was originally a Belmont, okay, I'm on board for that. But if you're gonna to try to tell me that Trevor is also Aliacard, we're drawing the line there. That's that's. So yeah, some of this like lore and theory I have to cherry pick. Now I wouldn't even be bringing any of this up except for in Lament of Innocence. After you're done, said and done with the game, there's an extra bit that you can do where you go in and you engage in this boss fight that is, in fact, the Forgotten One. Uh, same name, although this thing is not wearing armor, and this thing is, like, chained, prisoned, uh, got meat hooks, got... It, this thing looks like it's in a state of torture. <laughs> on top of it, you're just whipping on it until chunks of it drop oh, off. Gosh, it's yeah. dropping maggots on the ground. <laughs> it's a grotesque fight. Yes. 100% it's a grotesque fight. And it's also the hardest fight in the game. Yeah. This thing has like a ton of hit points. Uh -huh. And it just keeps going. It's like a three-tier uh, phase fight until you finally whoop the head. And then that's like this whole other thing. Now, I bring this up because you have this massive demon chained in this the basement of this castle. And, you know, you're wondering where the castle gets its powers from. Mm. And I think this thing has a large uh, portion of that answer to it yeah. as uh you see something very similar also in castlevania's uh sympathy of the night mm -hmm. there's the boss beelzebub which is a giant corpse held together by meat hooks except this time and stop it instead of dropping just maggots it's also sending out massive flies which shows the progression of time <laughs> it's very much the same fight and it would be foolhardy to think that it's not the same creature. Yeah. Except yeah. instead of the forgotten one, they decided to give it a name since it's now dropping massive flies. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to go ahead and we'll jump ahead now to um, the 400 years in the future now with um, Castlevania 3. And this have... places us about like in the 1400s in like the the quote-unquote real world timeline yes this would be taking place in the wallachia countryside of transylvania um the stars uh trevor belmont who uh is part of the belmont clan now at mm -hmm. this point the power that the belmonts have shown has caused fear mm. in most of the people they don't like the idea of belmonts they're quite scared of them so, so that's understandable. He has, 
Yeah, you know, if you're living in a in an area where you got vampires and you mm-hmm. believe in witchcraft and mm-hmm. you got this guy that can like pretty much shatter yeah. the earth and stuff, you're kind of like, uh, I don't know, maybe he's one of them. <laughs> it's kind of so, the same problem a... Batman has. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and this is also when the uh, the animated series is taking place. Oh, okay. These are the characters that the animated series follows. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, and it's of course believed at this point that. Uh, Dracula did remarry, uh, met somebody named Lisa, possibly a reincarnation of Elizabeth. Mm. Uh, bears a sibling name. Yeah. Uh, you can go ahead and assume everything that you saw at the beginning, the first couple of episodes of Castlevania, this animated series, is pretty much canon. Oh, here. okay. Uh, something happened. Lisa was burned as a witch. Mm. Um... Dracula goes apeshit mad and tries to just destroy all of humanity. He has decided <laughs> humanity has to end. Uh, he and Lisa have a son. Their son is named Alucard. Mm, okay. And uh, he disagrees with that. And he goes against his father. And it doesn't work out for him. Mm. Uh, and he has to kind of retreat. Which he does. Meanwhile, Trevor is moving through the Malachia countryside. In his journeys, he comes across a freedom fighter named Grant Nasty, who he liberates. Uh, He then comes across a sorceress named Sypha Belnetis. And they come across in an underground cavern the uh, coffin of Alucard, who Mm. requests to join him as well. And... They go put a foot up Dracula's a-hole. It's as simple as that. Or so it seems. Um, shortly after the events of Castlevania Three, it is said that um, uh, Grant Dynasty goes to work on rebuilding Wallachia. Uh, Trevor and uh, Sypha hook up. They're a couple. Okay. And Alucard, in just absolute complete despair of having to kill his own father... Mm-hmm retreats and goes into a deep slumber mm. um of course the animated series takes some liberties about what's going on at this point in time mm. uh but another thing happens is also the events of a playstation 2 game called castlevania curse of darkness mm. okay. and this we're following two uh interesting creatures well not creatures but characters named uh Isaac and uh, Hector, who are what's called devil forge masters and the devil forge masters are apparently uh these type of alchemists and it's rumored that they're responsible for pretty much filling the monster with or <laughs> filling the castle with monsters <laughs> so the majority of the things that you're seeing in these castles is produced by these two men mm-hmm. uh hector abandoned the war halfway through he couldn't stomach what dracula was doing uh he renounced his devil forgery and he married Meanwhile, Isaac continued working with Dracula until Dracula got whooped and then um, carries a deep grudge to Hector for abandoning the cause. Um, Once again, the animated series kind of goes in a different direction with this than the game. The game is pretty basic as far as the characters of Hector and Isaac as to, you know, this guy's good, this guy's evil, you know, and uh, Isaac as a character is a very... 
we'll say anime prota- or antagonist mm. and there's not a lot of depth to him. Mm-hmm. I actually appreciate what they do in the animated series with Isaac. They completely change uh his character and style mm. and they really do some deep character exploration with him. Mm. And it it creates for some interesting uh philosophical rants that come later on in the series. For those of you that are aware, you're probably thinking about the conversation between the fly eyes demon. Uh, very much so. That was such an interesting point in the series. And I won't say too much, but definitely go watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So, so um, the question here that I have with the devil forge masters is, it seemed to me that there was monsters in the castle beforehand. You had your standard skeletons and flea men, and of course, like a lot of the monsters that you straight up face in Lament of Innocence are your classic uh, Castlevania-esque monsters. You you fight a Medusa head. You fight uh, a golem. You, you fight some, I think, a succubus, and I want to say there was something else in there that was like pretty common but I can't, I can't think of it at the moment. Um, but it's likely like the stuff that you start seeing throughout the series that seems a little bit more uh, original mm-hmm. and out of the ordinary of your castle, uh, classic castle uh, monster lineup, universal and otherwise. Uh, probably the creatures that are more mythologically based. Mm-hmm. Things like the Medusa or... Um, the wolf man mm-hmm. or the minotaur. Yeah. I believe those things might have been there originally and possibly made by other Devil Forge masters. No other Devil Forge master is really mentioned in any of the series other than in this title. Huh. So I'm not sure, you know, if if they're responsible actually for filling the castle with as many monsters as they did or if they just, you know, helped full out the army that was already kind of there. <laughs> So at this point, um, as well as uh, everything else that you're doing in in Curse of Darkness, Hec- you're playing as Hector, and you're kind of trying to, you know, you, you don't want to be involved in what Isaac's doing, but Isaac's clearly trying to resurrect Dracula, and who isn't? <laughs> that becomes like a constant series as the game is like, they state that Dracula resurrects every 200 years, but there's always like somebody in between that's trying to bring him back for whatever purposes or whatever. And just, this is no I just exception. Couldn't be patient. <laughs> it has yeah, to be now. Yeah. Oh, it's like nobody wants to wait for friggin' Dracula Christmas. They want to look at their present now. It's like just, just chill. Just wait 200 years. It'll happen. It'll happen naturally, organically. No, they want it now. Can't wait. Instant gratification. That's a problem. That's yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> so, and there's this whole thing with a time traveler in that one, and I could get into that, and he makes an appearance in the uh, animated series as well. Oh, wow. Which kind of starts leading to a question is like, what's going on in Dracula's castle, really? Mm, yeah. um, I'm Like, to a point where I'm starting to think that maybe, like, the Bernards left just like an open portal to hell oh, in that yeah. castle and it's yeah. just like funneling crap out i believe it's even sense. referred to as like the infinite corridor and um 
that comes into play a, a little bit more here in the in the future. We're going to jump ahead again to the past with older Castlevania games. So, <laughs> <laughs> this leads into Castlevania 1 and 2. At this point, the whip changes hands again to uh, Simon Belmont. Yes. Uh, there was actually a Belmont in between named Christopher Belmont, and this is one of the Game Boy games, who I think is actually probably one of the stronger Belmonts, because despite moving like somebody that is possibly holding a large boulder inside their rectum. He still manages to defeat Dracula, which is just commendable in my book. <laughs> which is, I guess very, my... Uh, specific. <laughs> the, the controls are not very good in this title. And I got it. <laughs> Yeah, there's not even much to go over. I mean, this is a Game Boy oh game, goodness. so Castlevania Adventure. Look it up. Look at original it. Original Game play Boy. It. <laughs> yeah, original Game oh, Boy. Amazing. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. We'll just try to cram a castle. And this is like the the first gen Game Boy yeah. games. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, if you can remember what oh, the first I do. gen Game Boy I game do. looks like, like what Super Mario Land yeah. looks like versus Super Mario Land Two. There's like this big technological like. Mm-hmm we're kind of feeling this out and then there's like we totally know how to program this thing and it we we got our stride (laughs) you know figured it out it's cool yeah (laughs) so um simon persists through castlevania one and two uh he's also in castlevania four but castlevania four is also technically a remake which is confusing because at the beginning they mentioned the whole dracula rises from the grave over 200 years and they say once again simon has to go deal with him so it's implying that like okay the first two games happen and then 200 years pass and simon's still alive and he's still whooping dracula i'm confused but that's probably just like you know bad translation crap also (laughs) We have to like look at it this way. When they made these original Castlevania games, nobody was thinking ahead that, you know, yeah. Castlevania Symphony of the Night and yeah. all this stuff was ever going to come to fruition. Right. This was just like fly-by-night uh, series. Uh, you know, I have a theory of like what really caused the creation of the series too, uh, which kind of comes down to the pretty much an idea of uh, creative to derive creative to be derivative so because like somebody asked me once like why a whip Mm, why why a whip this sounds kind of like you know dirty bdsm you know what why indiana jones (laughs) yeah but that's and that was my thought if you look at the timeline that would have been a perfect oh yeah you know people would have been super into that yeah yeah. but you can't if you're konami you can't (laughs) you can't get the license to indiana jones i'm gonna go Mm. out and say i'm pretty sure atari had the rights to indiana jones at that point because Mm. they were making uh the lucas games i know Mm. there was also some Mm. uh Arcade games, there's the Tangent Indiana Jones and the Last Chris- or Temple of Doom game. Mm-hmm. Tangent's completely Atari. That's a whole thing. Look up that if you ever want to. Um, and uh, so if you couldn't get the rights, you wanted to at least have the same aspects. And you're like, well, we want a guy who's going to whip things, but he's also looking for treasure. And if you think about it, the original Castlevania game, there's like actual hidden treasure in the castle that you could attain like crowns and jewels and stuff like that and that doesn't really carry over to any of the other games like 
it might appear in the third game here and there, but once you get out of that 2D, it's less about that. Um, and of course, you know, after that, you're also like, well, what do you know? We need them to be able to fight some monsters, so they just throw like universal monsters. Yeah, in there. yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you you do have the whole lineup. You got your Fishman, Dracula, <laughs> Frankenstein, the Mummy, yeah. a Hunchback. You know, and then death. I don't know why they went with death, but oh my god, I think they did. He's such a great addition to the the (laughs) series. He's kind of always Dracula's lapdog, but he's sinister looking. I I love a good Grim Reaper. That's just a fact. (laughs) Like, uh, what was it? Uh, The Grim Reaper and the Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Yeah, I remember that. Isn't that that a great rendition of the Reaper? That is so creepy. Just that little shock of red hair and just the full bones, but those black angelic wings. Yes. I love it. And to a lesser extent, there's the scene in uh, Cemetery Man, if you've ever seen that, or I think that's called like Della Morte de Morte or something like that. And it's original Italian name. A very weird movie. Seek it out. It's it's totally worth a watch. It, you can might even find it free somewhere on the internet. <laughs> um, don't let the kids watch. <laughs> there's some, there's some, there's it's some shit. Too late. They <laughs> <already> <laughs> <have>. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. They probably seen something ten times worse. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> back to Castlevania. Back to so. Castlevania. Uh, Castlevania 1, pretty straightforward. You move through the castle, you whip Dracula in the face again. Uh, and of course, we're, we're seeing now a trend where every time uh, Dracula gets vanquished, the castle crumbles into ruins. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of disappears out of sight. Um, it also starts kind of changing locations. Mm. The castle sometimes appears over kind of a cliff looking at a lake. Sometimes it's kind of like on a mountaintop. Yeah. Um, and it's not usually when it crumbles down, that's that's that. They don't really like come back to it so much, uh, except in Castlevania 2, where apparently something happened and whatever Simon did didn't quite fully vanquish Dracula enough. And he has to put, piece together Dracula back with the couple of body parts that were uh, left of him. And whoop him in the face again for good measure. <laughs> this is this is actually one of my favorite titles. Y'all ever felt that way? <laughs> Sometimes yeah, it's just, just like you know to just kill you. I gotta put you back together and then kill you again. <laughs> what's what's the line when uh, uh in the Venture Brothers when Brock just totally like whoops on the mummy and he just rips him apart and then just starts peeing on Venture's oh, like, no. why are you doing this? And Brock's like, you have to defile a mummy completely, or they keep coming back. You know this. You know this. <laughs> I feel like it's that. It's like, you know what, Simon? You screwed up here. You should have pee-peed on the ashes. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he puts his, uh, Dracula back together, and he whoops him in the face. And this is kind of interesting here because uh, you actually go into the ruins of the old castle at the end of the game. Uh-huh. And there's nothing in there. And you <laughs> go down to the bottom... And then you finally face Dracula. But the oh. thing that gets me the most is like the one, there's a, a couple features that are there. And that's like the main hallway. Okay. You can kind of see the main hallway. Uh, but the rest of it is just crumbled into nothing. Hmm. Um, the whip keeps going down the line of the Belmonts. 
the castle keeps starting getting more and more bizarre in its shape. Mm, okay. um, after the events of Castlevania II, the whip changes down to uh, Simon's grandson, Gista Belmont, who comes in contact uh, with a situation where his friend decides that he doesn't want to... Uh, or his friend Maxim decides he doesn't want Justice to have to carry this kind of burden on his own. And he tries to do the same thing that Simon did, which is track down the pieces of Dracula's parts, put them together and defeat him finally, so that this will not be just his problem. Unfortunately, he's not strong enough to do this, and he kind of gets manipulated, possessed, if you will, by the relics. Uh, mm. This leads to them retreating to the castle, and what's interesting about this scenario is that the castle has two parts. And this is, as far as the timeline's concerned, the first time that this is mentioned. This is uh, witnessed again in Symphony of the Night. Mm. But apparently, there are two layers of the actual castle. And they uh, there's like a spiritual version of the castle mm -hmm. and a physical version of the castle. And it's only when the two are combined that we actually get the true resurrection of Dracula. This is observed in a uh, encounter between death and just when um, just is starting to notice that there are in fact two castles and it goes uh, back and forth. Um, let's see. Death says something along the lines of the castle is a creation of Maxim's will, which implies that, uh, it was brought forth just on the will alone, so the castle can return by somebody demanding it to just on that. Mm -hmm. um, and Death mentions that the castle has two spirits, and that the spirits are in mm -hmm. a transient form, which could explain to how it's like jumping around. The animated series suggests that it's alchemy that gives the uh, the castle the ability to change locations, but, you know, what's alchemy other than just like... yeah try to scientifically explain magic. Right. <laughs> but we're left with that notion that there are two castles and one of them exists in a different realm. Yeah. Uh, this is also a possibility of re reference to the uh, uh, infinite corridor that is brought up in the Castlevania three era. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, in the animated series as well. At that point, uh, it moves ahead forward to around the time of the French Revolution. Whip once again changes the hands of Richter Belmont. Uh, I believe he's either the son or the grandson of um, uh, Justa Belmont. And in this series, uh, there is a being called the Dark Priest Shaft who pretty much is trying to resurrect Dracula. He manages to do so. Uh, Richter proceeds to the castle again, and this time is also rescuing maidens. One of the maidens he rescued is a young girl named Maria Redard. And uh, this almost seems like not really important, although she is a playable character. She mm. kind of has this ability to uh, talk to animals and help have them help her out and stuff like that, but she's just a little girl. Oh, okay. uh, of course, Richter defeats Dracula once again. He also defeats the Dark Priest Shaft. But sometime around, like, maybe five or so years later, Richter goes missing. Okay. And the castle appears again. Oh. And this time, out of nowhere, Alucard awakens after his long slumber 
to deal whatever's with going on here. And this turns out to be a plot, once again, by the ghost of the Dark Priest Shaft, who's trying to bring about uh, Dracula. He's controlling Richter. Um, it is uh, Alucard's interactions with Maria that come into play here, where um, Maria mentions that the castle isn't how she remembers it from seeing it five years ago. And that's when Alucard tells her that the castle is a creature of chaos mm, yeah. and takes on different forms, right. which is one of the reasons why, even though we've played through this game a thousand times, mm -hmm. the castle always appears different. You usually yeah. have the same rooms, but they shuffle around. Huh. They won't necessarily be in the same place and yeah. you won't necessarily see them within the same game, but you'll maybe see them in a later game. Some of these areas, of course, it's like the castle always begins usually with the, uh, the long open corridor mm -hmm. with the red ropes and or robes and the big open windows and they're mm -hmm. usually zombies and stuff like that. And then yeah. after that, what you see kind of gets randomized. Uh, there's treasure rooms, the dungeons usually somewhere downstairs. You see that in multiple games. Uh, the library is a big thing. Now there's an interesting uh, theory I have. You have this very old man that's operating the library that helps Alucardi. He even refers him to the young man's uh, master. Mm -hmm. This guy is very, very old and existing within the castle walls. Is this Ronaldo Gandolfi? Oh, wow. Still within the castle? <laughs> still trying to help out whoever? Yeah. Of course, that also leads to, like, is the castle from Lament of Innocence the same castle that's in all of Castlevania, and that's also hard to say, but once again, who's to know when you have a castle that changes its damn shape? Yeah, yeah. Um, another great scene here is where, uh, once again, Alucard runs into Maria, and he's like, why are you even here? And she's like, I'm looking for a Belma. And when she says this, a thought bubble appears above her head, and she you see a 16-bit version of Richter Belmont from the mm. previous game that you saw him in. Uh, but Alucard says, a Belmont? And you see his bubble appear above his head, and he's thinking of 8-bit Trevor. Oh, And I love cool. that. I freaking love that. <laughs> that's such a great continuity throwback. Yeah. <laughs> because he, does, he hasn't been paying attention up into this part. Yeah. But, and that's the last Belmont he's had contact with, and there's been like four or five since. That's um, funny. They realize that uh, Richter is... He is being manipulated by the Dark Priest Shaft. They actually managed to free him of that. At least that's one of the... If you don't, you kill him, and that's a bad ending of the game. The game ends there. And if you don't know any better, you're like, that game sucks. However, if you use these special glasses, you um, can see what's manipulating him. You save him but also proceed on to the rest of the castle, which is, in fact, you going into, like, use this portal and this the other half of the castle, this spiritual version that I speak of, comes down from the clouds, and it's pretty much, you go through the whole castle again, except upside down. Oh, my God. And the things are much more evil, much worse. Wow. And there's all kinds of interesting things going on in there. But here, once again, we're seeing the castle has mm -hmm. two different sides, one yeah. that exists in the physical realm and one that exists in the in-between. Yeah. Um, Richter, ashamed of what happened to him in this series, decides that he is not worthy to carry the whip anymore. Mm -hmm. And he gives it up, and the Belmont clan goes into hiding here. The whip actually changes hands, 
and goes to one uh, Quincy Morris, who you will Mm -hmm. probably recognize as one of the characters from the novel Dracula. Here's something interesting. The novel Dracula is canon in the Castlevania-verse. Did you know that? (laughs) You do now. (laughs) So as we know from the book and the, uh, the movies and stuff, Quincy Morris doesn't actually make it. He gets Sloan trying to stop Dracula. But what we don't know is that his son... Uh, John Morris was totally mm. aware of this. He saw this along with his friend, uh, Eric Lacard. Mm. And uh, Quincy Morris then pre- uses the whip uh, when he's a full adult uh, to fight against the forces of Dracula in the Sega title, Castlevania Bloodlines. So here mm, we have okay. the whip vampire killer being used by a non-Belmont. Yeah. And the consequence of this is, is that it ultimately kills John Morris. Oh. Yeah. Um, we find out about this in one of the Game Boy dual screen titles, or Game Boy DS titles, uh, Castlevania Portrait of Ruin, as you're playing as his son, Jonathan Morris. And you come across the ghost of his partner from Bloodlines, Eric Lacard, who tells him that the whip actually will kill anybody that's not an actual Belmont. Oh, damn. This is, I'm (laughs) suspecting, having to do with the fact that it's created out of a a vampire's soul, Mm -hmm. let alone the Mm -hmm. uh, fiancé of one Leon Belmont. So if it doesn't sense a Belmont, it's like, no, I'm going to fuck him. I'm going to eat him. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to do what a vampire does. So here we have this duality of like, we're using technically an evil thing to do good, but only this one group of people can do it. Now, the Morris clan is later also revealed to be a uh, division of the... the Belmont clan and through certain means they they're able to declare Jonathan the true heir of the whip and the whip acknowledges him mm. as the true heir and becomes full powered uh, vampire killer and they're able to destroy the vampire in that title as well as another uh, reoccurrence of Dracula and basically the whole thing comes to a head in 1999 where the whip returns to the hands of the Belmont clan under Julius Belmont and he actually manages to kill Dracula and seal away um, the castle into the eclipse of the moon for good in the year mm-hmm. 1999. Uh, <laughs> from there, so, the series oh, goes to... Oh, I want to, to ask really quick. Um, so you said in the year 1999, when, um, when the particular game that this occurred in, would that have been the present, the past, or the future? It would have been the past... Okay. Although so, the game okay. just declares that, and the game actually takes place in the year, I think, like 2032. Oh. Okay. Because it jumps wow. ahead. It just mentions that that happened at that point. And then what you're playing as in this game, uh, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, uh-huh. is the character Soma Cruz, who is, in fact, spoiler, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> the reincarnation of Dracula. Oh, okay. And he still has the the ability to control the monsters within the castle, although he doesn't quite know it. There's another character that's trying to also usurp the power of Dracula for his own to be good, who suspects himself as the evil part of Dracula. But mm-hmm. he's, of course, uh, vanquished with the help of uh, the Belmonts and also uh, Alicard, who shows up as, uh, what was his name? Like, uh, very 
very Japanese Alucard. It's like, Genya Arikado. Yeah, he helps them, and together they kind of seal the evil back into the castle and within the thing, and Soma Cruz kind of goes on to lead a normal life until, like, another cult shows up and tries to rebuild the castle, and they, they shut that down as well. And that that's the end of the series up to that point. Uh, Konami has not made another game since pretty much mm-hmm. they yeah. that at that point they tried to reboot it into the lords of shadow series which only ran for like three or so games mm. and only that first one's really worth playing the other one's huh. not so much but aside wow. from that you just have like a you know the animated series where they they mention leon belmont you see a portrait of him in the old home that trevor vi- visits and Trevor also finds uh, what he refers to as the Morning Star, which is the whip. Although they don't call it the Vampire Killer, which leads me to wonder if they'll actually bring in that whole storyline. Mm, yeah. It seems weird that you mention Leon Belmont, but you don't bring in how the Vampire Killer was made. Yeah. But they also say that the Morning Star is consecrated and it has uh, special powers against the forces of evil. <laughs> and the only time they actually refer to the Morning Star in the series is Castlevania Two, where the whip kind of like upgrades and one of them is the morning star, but it almost seems like you're buying different whips in that game. Like you're not using the same one. So there's that. Do you think maybe um, with the animated series, that might be an indication that possibly a new entry into the series is coming? There has been talk of uh, revision to the series actually. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, for a while, Konami kind of hung up their their hat on game making. Mm-hmm. They started just doing exclusively like Plinko machines in Japan, but that kind of like uh, fell under with with COVID and everything. So it sounds like they're really starting to think about making a um, a comeback into the video game world because they have so many IPs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the series has done phenomenal for itself. Um, as far as like, you know, series based on, uh, video games yeah. up until that point, the only animated version of, uh, the Belmonts that we have as far as television animation was what we have of Simon Belmont and Captain and the Game Master, which is just fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so... There has been talk of uh, future Castlevania games again. I think it's an IP that Konami will definitely want to resurrect as well as yeah. uh, Metal Gear and Silent mm. Hill and everything else. Yeah. I also hear that they're they're trying to work on another Silent Hill as well. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see. So yeah, I, yeah so I also, I, I, I'm curious. So why is it, because this, this is a series that is absolutely rife with characters, right? You've got this whole Belmont clan, you've got, uh, you know, the other group that uh, couldn't use it, uh, you've got Dracula and all the, all the various. So why did you not go with a human character? Why did you choose the castle and the whip? Because I guess the castle and the whip are like, as I said, they're kind of like the one consistent that goes through mm-hmm. the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a handful of games where you're playing as a character that doesn't use the whip or mm-hmm. requires the whip. And in that case, you're always in Dracula's castle. 
And then there's a couple of games that kind of take place outside of the castle after it's been destroyed, like Curse of Darkness and Simon's Quest 2. And then even then, those characters still make an appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, Trevor shows up in Curse of... Uh, uh, what is it? Curse of Darkness as a non-playable character, but of course, he's still wielding the whip. Yeah. Um, and of course, in Simon's Quest, you're not in the castle for the majority of the game all until the very 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 end last five minutes really uh but the whole time you're still rocking the whip (laughs) and it's just like that whole duality and the history of that the catalyst that it starts you know yeah so that it's the tools of either side you know one is just like throwing is designed to just throw endless enemies and the other one is just designed to whip endless enemies. <laughs> I just love that. Yeah. And then there's also like, because of each game, you know, like not a lot of them really have like a lot of lore into each of these characters. There's not yeah. a lot to draw upon. Um, there's, I mean, so many of these, uh, I just went through a slew of these games and pretty much gave you, the rundown of like yeah. everything that's that happens within the game <laughs> and there's no character development whatsoever right. for some right. of these they're just kind of like at the ready whereas like there is a little bit of character development for the two as we kind of like start wondering what is really going on inside right. dracula's castle right. you know what what is causing this this duality this existence of the two or the fact that it could just remain sealed in the eclipse and it just crumbles away or disappears after the end of each title and can appear somewhere else at whim. Yeah. Um, and it's not even it, to a point where I question, you know, who resurrects who does the castle resurrecting Dracula every mm-hmm. time? Is he unwitting to this? Is that why he's so pissed off? That he, you know, is he, <laughs> like, it was like, you woke me up it? before noon. Why do you keep doing this to me? I don't like being woken up before my alarm clock goes off. So, right, and you got like a two hundred year alarm clock, and you know you don't even like it when it happens as naturally. It was like, did anybody ever ask? Maybe Dracula would have liked to have slept in for three hundred years. You know, does the castle have a snooze button? asking the important questions it's like the dark the dark priest shaft is the the guy with the leaf blower outside my window every wednesday at 8 a.m you know that's 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 what's going on there so yeah it's like i you know i think another good example of this uh comes down to one of the scenes in the animated series where up into this point you know Dracula's only aware that Alucard's out there with a Belmont, and he doesn't even really care. He's just kind of like, he's done with everything. And it comes down to the fight, and really, Alucard's the only one really holding up to him. Like, Trevor just walks up and starts, like, decking him in as hard as he can, and, like, does Dracula's not even phased. He just kind of turns him, and he's like, and you must be the Belmont and he keeps trying to punch him I think he even like tries to punch him in the dick and it does nothing and Dracula just one punches him and like Trevor immediately reacts to that unlike uh the other way around um and I think that serves up as like the whole problem with uh some of the characters in the series is like you just gotta (laughs) 
<laughs> make the same guy slap Belmont at the end, and that's that's him. That's that's your Belmont. There's not too much to differentiate between any of them. They're yeah. just kind of <laughs> these guys that kind of show up, whip so the fun. shit out of everything, and go home. <laughs> um, they give a little bit more character to Alucard, yeah. but even then, there's not like a whole lot. You just know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's got some daddy issues, and you know you see a little bit more character growth in um, Symphony of the Night, but it, you know it's not even growth. Mm-hmm. He's just like you see, kind of why he is yeah. not necessarily that he yeah. changed his opinion on anything. Uh, I believe he goes to sleep again after that. Although there's also theory that um, from there he started working with the humans to make sure that this would stop happening. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the reasons, you know, you have uh, Genya Arakato in towards the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. is also working with a character named Yoko Belnades, who is one of the descendant of uh, Saifa Belnades. So you have more than just the Belmont clan. You also have the Belnades clan and Alucard <laughs> and whatever merchants. And Death always makes an opinion appearance. But like I said, Death is always kind of like just a lap dog to uh to dracula thank you so much for taking a different approach i i love it and bringing in a game that has kind of been been around for nearly as long as we have yeah <laughs> i love yeah, it i I always love watching a game evolve too. Yeah, like, I mean it, it's it it's fascinating because it's like it sounds like event essentially the original game was probably an Indiana Jones ripoff, and over time it evolved to have all of its own lore. And I think a lot of the games from that particular time period that's probably true I for think, them. I think that's exactly where most art forms need to go. I think it's perfectly fine to be uh, to have things that you like and you cherish mm-hmm. but i think yeah. there's a point where you need to put the fan art down <laughs> and go make something new don't necessarily you know just take everything that you love about it but kind of just twist it enough that you could do something new and amazing and that's how art should be it's everything's derivative of something else you know so mm-hmm. just get out there be inspired and create oh yeah <laughs> bring us something new bring us the new mention that you're an artist <laughs> oh yeah no it's as an artist that that is something i i feel strongly about yeah uh going through art school you, you see a lot of people just kind of do the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i i kind of suffer that from myself there are times where it's like i gotta get out of the box and stop drawing my own character over and over again draw something yeah. else yeah but, you know, that also means don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on, you know, what you got. Just Yeah, absolutely. Just branch, grow, develop, be derivative. <laughs> because if you could I'm take gonna, Indiana like, Jones uh, and make Castlevania, <laughs> we're in a go. good place. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going I'm to make a cross stitch of that or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So if Put anybody on a wants. To... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So you can put it on a t-shirt. I I might do that. <laughs> Keep an eye out in the merch store. <laughs> For real. <laughs> be the new fire attire. Uh, <laughs> so if people yeah. want to talk uh, Castlevania, where can they find you? 
Uh, they can find me at nothing because I don't have social media. I freaking hate it. You can email him at nothing at nothing.com. <laughs> Uh, you can you can see me poking around on uh, Nightfire's server. I'm on there yeah. at Squid Juice. Um, yeah. I have the a Twitch page up. I'm Squid Juice on that. Um, to clarify, I'm the sure. spelling on that is Squid as in Squid, Juice as in J O O S E. S E. Yes. J O O S E. That is how I chose to spell Juice. Yes. It's kind of a little. Little nod towards Beetlejuice, because I, you know, you can't really spell <laughs> it, like it's traditionally spelt like Beetlegeist, yes. but in the film they spe- spell it like it's Beetlejuice, like it's a fluid. Yes, and I just, I, I just like that kind of. <laughs> let's I, I, once again derivative. I changed it that little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem is like I run into people who think it's uh, pronounced Jose. So I got people that are like, oh, that's Squid Jose, you know, and I, I don't correct them. I'm like, you know what? It's if that's good. what pleases you, you go with it. I'm that down works. with it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. All right. Good well, times. thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me yeah. on. You bet. Talk to you later. Hope I inspired folks to go play some Castlevania. Get yes. out there. Go watch the series. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Pixel People podcast. Check out the show notes for links to the game and characters discussed and to connect with me and my guest. Want to be a guest on the show? There's a link in the show notes for a short form you can fill out and I'll reach out to you. A huge thank you to my patrons, especially my tier two and three patrons, Red and Aperture Flash. And thank you to Elias Ali and Andy Brooks, who created the theme music. You can follow the show on Twitter at Pixel People Pod and keep up with FireRider on Twitter, Twitch, and Discord. Enjoying the show? Be sure to subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I'd love it if you could leave a review. It helps more people find the show. See you next time.